so, all right, we'll, we'll do it from the back row up. All right, so, Chris, how did you stand? That's Chris Flaw. Were you here? You weren't here last year, right? Okay. So, Chris has been uh, uh, involved in our church uh, for many years and is on the lead team at the Vine Campus. And uh, a great young man, lots of gifts. Um, and uh, it just uh, helps out and, and really, in many ways, leads the Bible study there at Pine as well as uh, helps uh, services. And we have uh, Jill and Graham McKaig. <coughs> Woohoo! Uh, in addition to partially ruling the world. <laughs> and a university. <laughs> they are on our teaching team, formerly led our uh, worship ministry for quite a few years. And uh, missions, uh, tremendous work in missions. And uh, at uh, primarily at the uh, Nichols campus, but the, on the teaching teams where they come here frequently as well. All right, <clears throat> and then moving up next would be uh, uh, Luke and Shanna. Shanna, yay! They are the kingpins here at uh, Vandalia, the uh, site coordinators, site coordinators, we came up with that. Kingpin, that uh, kingpin. So if we want something done, we, we get Shanna on it and it gets done. So, <laughs> and Luke can do anything as well. So, uh, uh, so yeah, they are the site coordinators that are really uh, 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 main uh, folks here, part of the lead team here, uh, and um, Luke's um, worship as well as uh, organizing. Much stuff that gets organized. They also do a lot of the pastoral care <laughs> locally in, in Vandalia. Uh, uh, if it's not something that Mark's doing or I'm doing. They're doing a lot of that stuff, leadership development. Uh, <clears throat> all right, Rachel, Rachel and Ryan. Uh, 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 Rachel and Ryan, St. John. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm so glad they're here. Um, they have stepped up, and they, along with Teresa Vollmer, are leading our children's ministry at Nichols. Yeah, and as you know, if you've been around me very long, I really... I always say that children's ministry is equally as important as the preaching ministry in a church, equally as important. And so, uh, you know, it's it's an area that, that you know, uh, we try, try to get going as best we can in all of our campuses. Obviously, we've had a lot more time at Nichols to develop the program there, but uh, they have come on board and, and really have helped out uh, to... Uh, bring up the level of ministry and, and get things uh, flowing well. It's been a fantastic addition. So and then we have uh, Ray and Kathy Spaulding. <clears throat> Yay! And they're also at Nichols. They're over our fusion ministry, and that's our uh, you know, hospitality greeters, ushers, uh, all of that, integrating, helping people get from the first time uh, onto the building, into the building, and to membership. So kind of coordinating that whole process as well as uh, uh, Kathy's on our teaching team, <clears throat> and so she's down here from time to time with uh, ministering teaching on the healing and restoration uh, team. So you're plugged in pretty well. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Kurt and Chrissy, stand up. Yay! <clears throat> also, first time here. Uh, they they uh, have, uh, have actually been leading. You were leading it for more than a year, though, haven't you? Ministry? Yeah, okay. You had your baby was... Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you, that's what it is. So, uh, nursery ministry at Nichols Road and and just overseeing that, doing a fantastic job. So glad you could come and meet all the other leaders and kind of get a big part of the bigger vision. 
Israel and Jessica. <laughs> yeah. So they're the reason we're here. <laughs> it's all your fault. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. How many years ago was it you started coming to Nichols? Nine years ago. Yeah, when the twins were just big, little babies. They showed up at the door with six kids. Hey, six. Six. Six at that time. Yeah. <laughs> Faithfully there every Sunday for years, and so, uh, and then eventually one thing led to another, and here we're planning the church on here. Also part of the lead team, uh, similar. That's what I call like our eldership uh, here at Vandalia, <coughs> along with uh, uh, the souls who are not able to be here today, um, and uh, uh, just influential in every way, and uh, pillars in the community. So, so happy that you're as a part of this congregation, uh, leaders in it. So then we have uh, the angel Michael <laughs> and his dad, Jerry. <laughs> uh, so Jerry uh, is pastor of Celebrate One Church that we uh, uh, joined with for the revival weekend just a few weeks ago, really. And they are new partners in Harvest Church. And uh, I just invited Jerry to come. Uh, to see how we do leadership uh, training and, and stuff. So he's just kind of setting in. He's going to do something else this afternoon, but we want to welcome Jerry. Bless you. Hallelujah. Glad to have you on board. It's uh, local. It's, I think it's really great. So, <clears throat> all right, Shelton and Mary Jo, Evie. Yay! Uh, fantastic leaders here in Vandalia and uh, really uh, uh, Mark relies on Shelton so much with the worship ministry. Uh, they led youth ministry uh, for the first almost two years. Uh, had that up and going, uh, taking a break from that. But uh, um, really, core leaders, uh, part of the leadership team, uh, I see them as, you know, as uh, really influential in, in this congregation and just uh, so gifted and such good spirits. And love you guys. So, <clears throat> along with Ruben and Katrina, Freeman. Hey, hey, hey! <clears throat> so Ruben just does whatever we ask him to do. I'm telling you, <laughs> with a good spirit, a good heart, and uh, doesn't know how to do it. He learns how to do it. And so, uh, MC, uh, uh, both of them work back in the sound booth, and uh, you know, just ready to, to plug it in every way. So again, developing leaders that. Uh, being raised up in our midst. <clears throat> Jimmy and Chloe are here. Let's just welcome Jimmy and Chloe. What are they doing here? So for those of you who don't know, Chloe was a long-term member at New Day. Yeah, Chloe and Tori. <laughs> so, uh, and then Jimmy came along and stole her away. <laughs> and they went up. <laughs> it happens, so you just wait, and sometimes they come back. So uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. Jimmy just is—they've uh, been uh, up in Grand Rapids, uh, and Jimmy's about to complete his Master's of Divinity at uh, Grand Rapids Theological Seminary. And so, uh, uh, in just a little bit, I'll be explaining their uh, new role with us. So. <laughs> Levi and Andrea Sager. Yay! So, you got a problem with that clock back there. Okay, because I'm going, it's only 
I'm like, it's still only 9.30. Levi and Andrew are, are, uh, so they're like unofficial Apostolic leader, uh, you know that I I just acknowledge, you know I haven't talked about this much. I've talked with them and explained to them. I've not really shared it much, and so not in a in an official title capacity, but <clears throat> they just have so many years of experience and such a, an anointing uh, in worship and prophecy and pastoral leadership um, that I just I, I, I just tried to find whatever opportunity to allow what they have to be infused into all of our congregations. And so they're active uh, at Nichols, they're very active at Vine, they lead the, the worship nights at Vine, <coughs> and uh, uh, Andy's uh, leading the breakthrough prayer intercession time, and uh, you know, they haven't been down here much, but we've talked about you know, how can we kind of bring your influence down here so Vandalia people uh, they're just key leaders. They have a lot to offer, a lot to give. So, and then Lindsay, <laughs> yay, Lindsay's here. <laughs> uh, took over uh, uh, youth ministry and has done a fantastic job. Youth ministry just going fantastic at Nichols Road, and helped out here for a while uh, when she was able to. But uh, and uh, is now the, the main leader of the youth ministry at Nichols after Aaron um, moved to GR. So. Um, Glad to have you here again to see the bigger leadership team. Tori <coughs> Webb, uh, my daughter, also administrator. <laughs> yeah. So, um, more importantly, the parent of our grandchild. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, it's our granddaughter. So. <laughs> So, about administrator uh, at, uh, and, and again, everyone on staff, you know, so everyone gets, means everyone gets paid, works for all three campuses. And so, and we really do. Uh, I wish everyone could see how much time we spend working for Vine, working for Vandalia. You would be surprised at how many hours and hours and hours you're learning that <laughs> you know and so tori helps out tremendously in all three campuses um as well as diane lawrence <clears throat> yay <laughs> who is over how many years have you been working for today seven seven i can't believe it so kind of gradually uh, kind of the curve has gone up so she's full-time now and primary primarily financial uh administrator and i completely rely on her and Really taking our financials. I looked, I pulled up the budget from 2013. It was just this one simple little spreadsheet. <laughs> I couldn't believe it because now we have, you know, like six tabs, each one, and they're all integrated, and uh, it's, it's much more complex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. I can't get into all this, but the revenue difference is, I think it's more than doubled in, in, in just over two years. So, and that's partly because we're the track manager. Right? Uh, it really makes a huge difference. <clears throat> all right, uh, uh, Anthony Davis, yay! 
site pastor uh, at Vine, and uh, we do Vine differently. I rotate, or the teaching team rotates between Vandalia and Nichols, but Vine um, uh, primarily most uh, uh, Saturday evenings, most weekends. Uh, Anthony's ministering, but we've, uh, we've now linked up and, and all last year and continuing this year. We teach on the same topic. Uh, he kind of puts his Anthony hipster cool... <laughs> Amazing. Oh, dude, you don't know your hipster? Come on. Have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> hipsters don't. Hipsters don't acknowledge it. Okay, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but... Uh, a site pastor at, uh, at Vine, and so really uh, responsible for everything that happens there, but, you know, works also for Nichols and Vandalia. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, on call uh, and, 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 and celebrate one. <laughs> and, so, and, uh, and so ongoing responsibilities in all three, but primarily responsible for everything that happens there at Vine is doing a great job and, that church, and the congregation is growing and doing well. Yay! Marilee Menser! <laughs> Marilee, along with Bill, lead the Healing and Restoration Ministry. And again, that's uh, teaching and training people to do pastoral counseling and, and ministry, um, helping people get through issues, uh, as well as training the congregation, doing the, the weekends. Just had one up at Nichols and, and done training down here. Um, and so, uh, in addition to that, uh, when was it? Just a few, September, uh, uh, we brought uh, uh, Marilee on staff part-time, just about 12 hours a week, uh, to be kind of like a project manager, so uh, uh, particular things we just throw at her and she makes it happen, you know, <laughs> like this. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just a real gift at Finding people out of nowhere to to volunteer, I, I don't know. I think it's magic. Cast <laughs> the spell, and then they'll. I talk to them. Mark talked to them. They say no, 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 no. Early talk to them. They're like excited. <laughs> How does that work? So thank you, God. <laughs> Who's this? Kathy, my wife. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her main job is putting up with me. So. <laughs> And prophetic uh, over the Raymond Ministry at Nichols Road, and uh, uh, doing that, and uh, was active here at the children's ministry until she got a job. Uh, and so, but she's going to be going back to part time in a few weeks in the spring. So, I've been working full time for almost two years, a year and a half. Uh, so that'll make a huge difference. Um, and then, wonderful, amazing Carrie Miller. So, uh, not only a great worship leader, but uh, a great uh, training trainer and uh, razor upper of other worshipers, and so just a phenomenal uh, ability to bring uh, people into their gifts, but also to bring you know the worship team and the congregation into a place of of real worship. So, um, yeah, give you all yourself a big hand. Thank you. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and so, huh? Oh, 
Oh, yeah, we missed. You guys were walking around. Mark and Amber. <laughs> we didn't get them because they were, they were actually doing stuff. Stand up. <laughs> Mark, Mark is, is the associate pastor of New Day Community Church, and that includes all three campuses. And so he's my right-hand man, and if something gets done, it's probably Mark getting it done. I might come up with ideas, but he actually gets done. <laughs> and, um, and is really involved um, as much, in some ways, more than I here in Vandalia, uh, in raising up the worship team and uh, organizing things, spending a day a week down here, um, as well as uh, managing the, most of the facility stuff at, at Nichols and um, preaching, teaching, uh, just really every aspect of ministry. Um, trying to get him to learn the finances. He's a bit resistant. <laughs> so is there anybody else that we're walking around? <laughs> Haven't talked to him really. Yeah. <laughs> really talk, talk, talk Mark into getting excited about all right, I think we got everybody to sign. <laughs> okay, so I do want to share a few things um, about. Oh, man, we got to get rid of that clock back there. Like, somebody just take it off the wall for me, man. All right, so we're three years into uh, uh, New Day Community Church. I'm going to switch. Do you know how to switch the thing over to my screen? Uh, Three years into this uh, multi-campus uh, church ex uh, experience, it's really an experiment um, where we've uh, launched uh, Vandalia. <clears throat> and so Nichols Road has been around for quite a while. And, uh, and then it was 2013 that um, we, in the fall, we started uh, Vandalia <clears throat> and then uh, Sunday morning services in the summer uh, in January of 14, and then Vine Congregation we started Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Didn't really work out too well <laughs> in the fall of 2014, and eventually switched to uh, Saturdays, and that's been working a lot better. So we have three years into this, and I just want to thank you all <clears throat> for for being on board with this, okay? Because this is a different way to do church, right? How many have realized? This is a different way to do church. And, uh, and so I, I'm very grateful that you've uh, invested yourself, that you've uh, trusted. You know, you're here because you have uh, you know, genuine trust. You've invested trust into this vision, into me, uh, as well as into this idea of having uh, multiple congregations. And you've taken the risks of pouring your time and effort you know we all have limited time and you know where are you going to pour your your energy your commitment and you've chosen to to plug in here you felt led by god but you've also made the choice to say yes and so i'm extremely grateful um multi-site churches isn't a new idea i uh a few years ago i was talking to a friend and <clears throat> he was talking about multi-site and he's kind of cool and he doesn't call himself a pastor. He's an entrepreneur. I'm like, you're a pastor, dude. <laughs> I'm like, do you actually have any businesses other than pastoring? <laughs> but I said, you know what they used to call multi-site churches? 
is that denomination. <laughs> <laughs> he got mad. <laughs> so, uh, and that's been around for a long time, right? <clears throat> Paul, how many churches did he have? Lots, right? And so really, multi-site churches is, is the way it started. Uh, and uh, somehow it got into the idea that each pastor had his own church. I remember when we first uh, introduced the idea of, of Vandalia and I was going to be the pastor of both, uh, some people said, is that even right? No, they thought it was, they thought it was sin. Because <laughs> people are so entrenched in this idea that this is my pastor, they're on call 24-7, they're always there. And I understand that. And so by, especially in a smaller church, uh, uh, you know, if, if, if even a higher expectation that you're going to have direct access to senior leadership. And so um, by me all of a sudden not being at the, the congregation each Sunday, <clears throat> I'm down here half the time and I travel so much, that it forced a change of how we see church. And that applies not only to the people in the congregation, it applies to all of us, right? you don't see me on a regular basis. So it, it just forced a major uh, transformation. I think that the end result has been very, very positive. Um, and, you know, yeah, uh, I'm excited about it. And, um, you know, every, another thing that a lot of, some of you may know this, but I, I actually spend several hours every week talking to pastors outside of New Day I've talked to New Day pastors, but I'm constantly like, spending an hour or two on the phone. The pastor calls and has questions, and most of what I I share is experiences I've had with you and our three churches. And so the the learning curve that we're going through is not only helping us, but it's helping churches really all over the world. You know. Um, and so I just want to thank you for being part of that and that our impact is greater than what we see in the room or on Sunday morning. You know, and I love that every weekend when we, we, we meet as a staff uh, and we're praying for the services that are coming up and that we're having you know, multiple services every weekend. We have four services. We have Saturday night at Vine. We have uh, Sunday morning two services at Nichols. And we have this service at, in Vandalia. And so every week, we're four times, you know, four worship sets, four messages, four congregations really uh, uh, receiving it. And that's just fantastic, you know? <laughs> it's a multiplication that we could never have done if we hadn't taken that step. Really, the first step, uh, uh, and Graham was really involved in this, is when we restructured and jumped to two services. Remember that? <clears throat> you know, I'm like... I was like, figure it out. I literally left town. I went on a mission trip or a vacation. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be gone for a few weeks. When we come back, you guys do two services. And, and we, it just worked. And we've never, never looked at it. I still have people come and thank me for that, for going to two services. <clears throat> All right. Cameron, I'm way behind schedule. <clears throat> Let's just celebrate some of the things that happened in 2016. And then I want to talk about uh, some vision stuff for uh, 2017. Um, I remember a year ago, we, we were having worship nights, but 
I, we really wanted to get worship nights at all three campuses. And uh, remember that? <clears throat> and we have it. We've now had that consistently for m most, if not all of 2016, but that was a, a part of the vision a little over a year ago, and now we have that functioning. Um, and, uh, you know, stronger at different campuses in different months, <laughs> at the, uh, you know, the ebbs and flows, but the fact that we're offering up worship, it, it's, it's, it's bringing life. We've had tremendous, 2016 was a tremendous financial growth, over about 20% uh, financial increase, and that's all three campuses. We track, just so you know, we, we track each campus separately. Every dollar that's comes in and every dollar it's spent is tracked separately, but it's managed as one, okay? <clears throat> and there's one board. And uh, and just so you know, all three campuses are doing fi fantastic financially um, and are, for the most part, uh, self-supporting, okay? So, so Vandalia, for example, uh, pays for all of its expenses. It doesn't pay for staffing, uh, 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 but uh, it is, it does contribute to the whole, which pays for the staffing. <clears throat> so we're working toward that. Same with Vine. Vine in 2016, before 2016, Vine was, you know, an investment. <laughs> but it got to the place where now Vine is actually covering all of the expenses and a portion of Anthony's salary. Okay. That is fantastic. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, and so, and, and Nichols, of course, is uh, um, providing for its expenses as well as helping staff and provide the resources for the daughter churches. Uh, so that's fantastic. Um, we purchased this building. Did you know that? That was something I pulled off. Carrie, Greg, and I. <laughs> Carrie and Greg were on vacation. I actually worked on it for about, I thought about it, I've been working on it for, for a long time, but we really engaged and, and I had about six weeks, to, six to eight weeks to figure out a way. We didn't pay for it. You know, there's a difference between buying something and paying for something. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's, uh, um, yeah, lots of reasons I can't go into the details, but it, it benefited uh, the church and it benefited Dale, who purchased the building for the church to develop with the intention that we would buy it, it benefited him uh, for us to make that actual happen. So we own it as a land contract, um, uh, but we're paying just interest, and, and we have a, uh, have three years to come up with the money to pay this off. <clears throat> uh, but the fact that ownership brings authority, okay? And so I think we're going to see a difference. Because we now, it's, it's like it's one more step uh, toward the process of getting this church fully up uh, to speed and uh, independent self-sufficient. So, yeah, uh, the whole revival weekend in um, August, bringing John uh, for the first time in. And I, I felt there was a big increase in, in the spiritual uh, revival atmosphere. And uh, then that actually led to uh, Jerry and Celebrate One, joining our network, and a, a subsequent uh, revival weekend with Alan Smith. So it's just a, a, the level of revival culture in our region, I think, is, has gone up a notch, yeah. you know? And 
and I, I want that to happen. And just one of the little dynamics <coughs> that I've seen. So there's this, there's this timeline, or I don't know what to call it, but there's like a 20-year gap between when something is new to when something is, you know, it's no longer new. It's just kind of, it's just okay. It's the new norm. So 20 years ago, the revival, 20, a little over 20 years ago, that was brand new. People were writing books about how it was from the devil, right? <laughs> yes, you know? And if you went to Toronto, you might get kicked out of your, your denomination. Right? So I had pastors of charismatic churches, charismatic churches, just mad or ridiculing what was going on in Toronto, you know? And the revival of Randy Clark, all that thing, 20 years ago. But now, oh man, have you heard of have you heard of Jesus calling? Yeah. Have you heard of Bill Johnson? Yeah. I remember when I first heard him speak in a little room down the street up in Toronto. Nobody knew him. You know. <coughs> uh, and, you know. Uh, and he writes a book, and John's getting him on stage every, every as much as all of a sudden, big shot, you know? And so, and now what was, you know, cutting edge or out there, fringe, is now just like, oh, that's just the norm. Mm -hmm. And the same thing if you think of contemporary worship. <clears throat> I remember when, I remember this one charismatic, good, good church I went to, uh, this is many years ago. Full on charismatic. We already had full worship team and everything else out there. But they still had the choir. They were a white church. <laughs> they had robes and choir, and then they had a few instruments up there. You know. But now about and I watched over the years I would go visit the church in Harvest. I, I every few I would frequently go, but <clears throat> over the years, you know, all of a sudden there's no more choir. Alright? And there's lots of instruments. Now there's lots of instruments with lots of lights and sound, you know, and, and fog machines, you know. Which I get it, but I kind of laugh a little bit. But it's like, it's not, it's really good. <laughs> so that was that was a transition. Contemporary worship went from being uh, most churches didn't do it, but now I have a friend that pastors a reform church, and they had a full worship band. You know, great worship. Phenomenal worship, you know? and so it's no longer something that is that right or wrong. It's just the normal way to do it. So my question is, where do we want to be? I don't want to be twenty years behind. Right? I'm glad people have caught up, but I'm looking toward. Okay, this is just who I am. This is who we are. It's getting into the DNA of our church. Okay, is that we are a church that is you know, restoration oriented. To use a really old term. You know, we're looking for what's the next thing God's restoring to the church. And we're pursuing it. And that doesn't mean we, we just grab on to anything that's wacky and, and fringe. Because that's something that I don't want to do. But I do want to be oriented toward <coughs> reaching in to what's next. And, uh, and prioritizing that. Um, um, I completely forgot where I was. All right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and so uh, increasing the level of revival in our churches, and I think we're doing that, and I want to continue to do that because it's, oh, this, this is where it is. Like, um, 
what I see is like other churches in our city are embracing, you know, what used to be uniquely stuff that we had, hearing God's voice, healing and restoration stuff, you know, re revival culture. And I'm like, okay, we've had that for years. Let's press into what's the next level of encountering God that God wants to do so that we can be, continue to be the church in town. Not the wacky church, but the church that presses in further. Okay, does that make sense? All right. <laughs> um, um, yeah, all three campuses are doing great. Um, uh, we have new people regularly at all three campuses. Um, uh, uh, Nichols is really seeing a lot of new people, but we keep hitting the barrier of our facility. Uh, and uh, Vine is, is getting new people and, and really leaders coming on board that have never been out to Nichols. Uh, Vandalia has uh, gotten to a place of stability. We actually, numerically, I think we've kind of dropped a little bit, but that's not unusual to, you know, have this ever before. We had a Sunday just a few weeks ago where we had about 80, you know, and then we'll have a Sunday where we have 34, you know, 77, and, you know, and so we, Mark and I particularly, uh, the staff are, are focusing on how to, how to build uh, this church uh, numerically, um, as well as uh, developing leadership and, and all the other parts of growing the church. All right, so um, <clears throat> someone asked me just a few days ago, uh, you know, what explicitly does it mean to be uh, one church with three congregations? And uh, there was this, this expression of, you know what, we don't think the congregations really get this. And if, if the congregations, the members and the attenders of the churches don't get it, um, you know, we have a problem. <laughs> and they're never going to get it if us, if we the leadership, don't, don't understand what that means. All right? And so I want to I try to explain the vision for um, again, maybe using different terminology a little bit, because it's it's really absolutely essential to who we are and to where we want to go uh, as a church. And so let me just talk about this for a little bit. Um, what explicitly does it mean to be one church with three congregations? What does it look like? What 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 does that mean? And the verse that came to mind is is pretty pretty obvious verse. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, and three are even better for a triple braided or a threefold cord is not easily broken. And, and right now we have three congregations, so that works. <laughs> um, and, uh, but the idea is uh, you take a, a piece, and I went out and got a piece of rope. I didn't actually, I wanted to get a bunch of them and hand them all out and have three quarted ropes, but they didn't have them at the store. And it was nine o'clock last night. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get a picture. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a threefold cord is, is actually made up of a lot of fibers that are woven together, which are just little teeny threads. And, and, then, and then those are wrapped up. Uh, each uh, group of fiber makes what they call a yarn, and, and then three yarns 
uh, or three strands wound together, or woven together, make a rope. <clears throat> and of course, it's a pretty simple idea is that if you take just one little fiber, one thread, it can only hold so much weight, it's easy to break. But the more that you weave it together, uh, the stronger it gets. And I was thinking about this idea that, <clears throat> you know, when that scripture was written thousands of years ago, probably, uh, you know, it probably had a lot more significance to the people that lived in a agrarian, non-technological uh, uh, culture, all right? Um, or if you're a rock climber, I've, I've seen uh, uh, documentaries of rock climbers before they go on an expedition, they look at every inch of their rope. You know, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of feet of rope, and they, they because one little fray could cost them their life, and they know it. You know, and so, in that, uh, you know, our lives don't depend on a rope, right? Uh, but your life might depend on how good your front tire is. <laughs> so imagery uh, is different. The idea is, you know, a lot can uh, be dependent on uh, a bunch of small parts coming together in the right way. Okay. And so that's what three three churches were three churches, but wound together in in in, uh, in, the, in proper order enables us to be much stronger, enables us to 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 bear burdens and share responsibilities, uh, and each campus really does bring something to the table, and I want uh, especially throughout this year to help our congregation as leaders, I want you to embrace this and get your brain around this and be thinking about uh, how each campus actually brings something uh, uh, to all of the campuses. And if we're ever gonna get to the place where we're planting more churches, you know, the vision is 20 churches that plant 20 churches, so a culture of multiplication, we really have to have this ingrained into us that, that we really are stronger uh, when there's more of us, all right? And, and when we uh, are uh, reproducing. And this is real kingdom culture, okay? This is not church as usual. Uh, I think pretty much every church will talk about team ministry, uh, you know, relying on one another. We're in it for the kingdom. We're not just in it for ourselves. And, and, and to some degree, every church operates in that. But we really go to another level in this, all right? <laughs> all right? You know, when we had one congregation, I would say, you know, we really support all the other churches in town. When we have extra time and we want to get around to it, right? <laughs> We're supportive. I was really supportive. I actually did. I prayed with other pastors. You know, but now it's different when we have three congregations that if we don't support, they die. See the difference there? <laughs> All right. So we are really committed to uh, to the multiple campuses financially. I, 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 when I stop and think about how much time Mark and I have invested in this congregation, I can't even begin to try to calculate how much we've invested. <clears throat> And that's because I believe in this, okay? I really do. 
Uh, and I think that if uh, and as we grasp the benefits and belief of it, and then this is the key, this is where I think we're, we're, we're weak, uh, is communicating it and getting the people that come to the door to understand and believe in it, okay? Because if we don't get that, then it's not going to work because then the fibers aren't going to, they're like, I don't want to be part of it. They don't, they don't know how they fit into the cord and uh, to the rest of the cord, right? And so we need to be able to communicate that. We can't communicate that if we don't really understand it. So what does it mean to have a church with three congregations? The biggest thing, the, the way I answer that is, okay, I want everyone to, to look around the room. Take a look. Look at this group. <laughs> Yeah. Who here don't we love? <laughs> right? And there's a, there's a couple from Vine. I wish more from Vine could have come, but it's the newest and youngest, you know? Uh, and there's, uh, there's more from Vandalia. How many people from Vandalia? Primary Vandalia. Vandalia. How do you say it? You, you just don't. <laughs> We're from here. <laughs> <laughs> and you're from not around here. There's <laughs> here and not around here. <laughs> and how many uh, Nicolites? <laughs> Saint Nicholas. <laughs> All right, Nickelodeons. <laughs> this is it. I mean, think about this. Look at the people in this room. You would not know each other if we hadn't done three three campuses. We wouldn't be here. I met Luke one, once or twice. And we didn't up not getting great. Oh yeah. And so and so it's these interdependent uh, uh, relationships that we that we've uh, uh, developed. <clears throat> You're what that means, but it also means that when we take on this extra responsibilities, we create a leadership. Vacuum, right? What's a vacuum? It sucks. <laughs> right, because what was in that space has been removed, and so there's an absence, and that is, and, and, and so it's sucking, and something needs to be drawn into that. Um, nature abhors a vacuum, right? And so, and so leadership then that is extended, take people, put them down in Vandalia. Anthony is now at Vine, uh, and so he's not as available at Nichols. So bringing in more leadership, uh, uh, deploying leadership then creates a leadership vacuum. And so that sucks in the sense of we got to find somebody to do something to get this done. And it's stress, but it's stress that leads to growth. All right? And if you don't force yourself into that, then you just get, oh, we got everything covered. Take it easy, you know, and that then leads to plateauing, which will eventually lead to decline. And so, intentionally stretching out and and being comfortable with the vacuum, and saying, "Okay, God, who's going to fill that space? Who's going to come up?" You know, and I've seen it happen so many times where people will step into something because you've created uh, a vacuum, and people that were not functioning uh, on as uh, high of a level spiritually, all of a sudden you just start doing it. And you just go, wow, 
I didn't know they had it in them. And they would, wouldn't have ever stepped into that if you hadn't created space. Right? It's like a forest. <clears throat> you want new trees to grow, you have to clear some of the old trees because there's no sun getting down to the ground. You know, and that creates new trees. Storm comes through, I've seen this when I grew up. Storm came through, oh, there's actually a nice storm. Knocked down this whole section of trees. And a few years later, boom, it's all new trees. You know, growing up, never would have grown if those old trees hadn't, hadn't been moved out of the way. And so that's what uh, this is. And it's learning how to grow in that. Um, it, it's creating opportunities for individuals to grow and to take on responsibilities. Um, and there's a, and it's learning as congregations. I think the challenge that we have for 2017 and, and the next season is, is as three separate congregations and whatever other congregations God adds to us, is learning how to become interdependent uh, instead of independent or codependent. What's the difference? What's the difference between interdependent? Interdependent is working together, uh, as opposed to what's what's the difference between that and dependent and, and uh, independent. We are an independent, non-denominational. <laughs> Self-sufficient, self-governing, stay-out-of-our-business church. <laughs> Independent versus interdependent. What else? Codependent. So codependent relationship is, is a negative thing because part of one... A part of the dynamic is the two depend on the other. Chris. synergy and collaboration and so an interdependent is healthy independent people that are healthily independent and not unhealthily independent but they have something to offer they're not codependent they're not totally relying on under someone manipulation working together to create something bigger collaboration and synergy <clears throat> and so that's where we need to be, each congregation being independent in the sense that they're, they have, they're growing, they're producing, they're raising up, and they're contributing to the whole. Did you have something wrong with that? I just thought of like, okay, the independent is, it's like the We're important. That's great. <laughs> Give her a gold star.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what we need. We need to we need to understand that as leaders, so that each, so that we are interdependent as in in the three congregations that we have, and even the other New Day congregations and the church as a whole. But then we need to translate this. We need to communicate this. We need to build a vision for this in each of our congregations, so that the people that aren't in this room that come to our church also learn this and I can't communicate I can't take a day to communicate this with each and every person but you, you guys interact and integrate it into um, your interactions whether you're leading uh, in the nursery integrating it into, you know mentioning how we work together uh, worship teams uh, whatever that you do that you're you're building an awareness and an understanding of healthy interdependence within each congregation and between each uh, congregation uh, as as a whole. So, <clears throat> multi-siting is, um, you know, in a business, it's like franchising. Subway, I've read articles on this, the first Subway restaurant was a dismal failure. Okay? And they tried and they tried and they tried and they just, they, they had no money and they were seriously thinking about shutting it down and they, someone contacted them. There was another location that they had the opportunity. And they were like, should we just shut it down or should we open a second site? And uh, they just said, what do we have to lose? So they did the second site. And it became, financially, it was actually bringing in money. And the first site still wasn't making much money. But they took what they learned at the first site and they reproduced it at the second site and they had two sites. And then they said, well, that, now we're actually making enough money to break even. And so let's open another site. And it just, boom. And now there's more subways than there are McDonald's. Yeah, oh yeah, quite a few more. <clears throat> because, and you can't make really a living owning one subway. You own five or six of them. I have an uncle that owns, I don't even know how many. He owns a, a bunch of McDonald's and uh, there's other, a couple other uh, fast food restaurants. I don't know how many he owns. So he's like 80. He's worth, my mom said, worth just under 800 million, but he's gold 900 million. <laughs> like, dude, what the heck? <laughs> Seriously, he, he wants to get the 900 million before he dies. I'm mean, like, why not a billion? And he, he's like 78 years old. I mean, he knows he's got a timeline there. <laughs> but it's only because he owns multiple franchises, and 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 he's just in the money. All right, uh, m- mega churches, <coughs> multi-site. Oh, I got to uh, do this. Um, so I was talking to a pastor. He was a pastor in, in England. And he, I, I told him what we're doing, you know. Most of the time I tell people oh, it's 2020 vision, we got three campuses, we really got seven, you know, you know the, the other the dead other churches. Most pastors are like, wow, that's great, man, that's fantastic. But this guy was like, I think that's the worst thing I've heard from all I think it's of the devil. No, seriously, he was like, it is, it's a, it's a, an adulteration of the church. 
He did not hold back any punches. This is at a Partners in Harvest. This is at a Partners in Harvest. He's a Partners in Harvest pastor. <laughs> With long hair. <laughs> I'm like, really? I've seen it happen. You could just, you could just see him. I, I, I see it happen all the time. City after city. They just come in. They, take, they find some church that's struggling. And... Uh, they just come in and they, they fire everybody, they grab the building, they throw in the video screen and, 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 and bring in a bunch of instruments and lights and they call it a church. It's not a church, you know, it's a theater. Then you come in and watch a performance. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. All of a sudden I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> All right? And I realize he's thinking about and there are churches that do it that way. And I'm not even against those churches. I think it's actually, I'm like, dude, they're reaching people that you'll never reach. So, <laughs> get over it. <laughs> but that's not how we do multi-site, right? Uh, and so we don't just put a big screen of Cameron, you know, and make it the Cameron show. Um, <clears throat> hey, it's the Cameron show. Ra-ta-ta-ra-ta-ra-ta-ra. <laughs> The reason I don't do that is that I know it wouldn't work. <laughs> what we do is more like a family where we're, uh, you know, and so a single church is like, you know, and Kathy and I had our kids, and everything was about taking care of those kids and feeding those kids and, you know, making sure the kids have shoes and, you know, diapers and place to sleep and... <clears throat> It's stressful. You're, you're, you're like, <laughs> your table is full, right? But, you know, it comes to a place where it's like, you know what? Okay. I don't even, you know, hardly ever think. I never think about Tori having lunch, you know? <laughs> Pretty much got that covered. <laughs> you know, there's a point in life where you don't have to worry about even buying them clothes. All of that gets in, and the boys are... We don't even know where our boys are most of the time. <clears throat> and there's, there, you, know, you know, yeah, we need to have food in the fridge, and you know, and half the time they don't eat it, and they'll go out to eat anyway. You know, so it's like all of a sudden, but you know what? Now we can have grandkids, right? and then, uh, and then eventually, uh, you know, even as a single family, we had aunts and uncles that were related to, you, but. Eventually, it gets to the place where it's like a Stutzman family. <laughs> right? You guys had a family reunion, right? How many people were there? 50-some. Just Virgil and Dawn's, all their kids, and all their kids' kids. Right? Right? And so that's more like the multi-site vision rather than a franchising and reproducing exactly. Okay, so uh, some churches will, when they reproduce, they'll take the, the main church, and they have a screen this size, and they have the same piano, and they'll have the same fake plant. I'm serious. <laughs> and they design it all out. And I'm like, that's spooky. Our churches are all completely different, and I love that. Just like a family, yeah. And so, <clears throat> so this is one of our strengths 
And I'm not criticizing, listen, you know, the churches that do that, uh, Andy Stanley's churches do that, and man, he's reaching, I listen to Andy Stanley, he's one of the best preachers you can listen to, okay? But I'm not going to do it his way. So we bring to the church as a whole, a whole different way of doing multi-site, okay? And that's something we can contribute. Um, uh, and we can learn from them, but they can learn from us. But uh, also understanding this is how we do it and, and how we can multiply it. In this dynamic, I saw, and actually what Ryan said uh, um, kind of paralleled this, individual responsibility grows. Okay? And so the bigger the family gets, <clears throat> the more responsibility falls on each individual to take care of themselves. If you have one child, the parent can take care of I've known people that have grown up and there's one or two kids and <laughs> I live in a college town. I remember one time I was in the grocery store and there were two young women standing in front of a milk counter, all right? And they were like, 2%? What is it, 2% milk? What's the rest, water? And 4%? I mean, seriously, these were college students, okay? They were the first... So we get this lot of families, thousands of college students come. And then they have to go buy groceries. And you see them, and there's one particular grocery store that there's a higher percentage close to the campus. So I go in there and I laugh. I was serious all the time. They're like, because they've never had to buy milk before. You know, I'm, I'm people that they, friends of our kids, you know, didn't know how to brown hamburger, like browning hamburger. Do you spray it? Yeah. <laughs> Do you add something to it? <clears throat> so individual responsibilities increase. Sibling responsibility grows because you have to take care of one another because mom and dad's not around. So the bigger you're, so there's sibling responsibility. And then parental or eldership or pastoral responsibility has to increase. So as we increase, the responsibility level in all three increase. Okay, a couple other things I want to get to and then we're going to do an activity. Um, Stephanie had a word for all th the leaders of all three churches. Yay. Thought you'd like this. <clears throat> it was actually quite a few months ago, and I just came across the handwritten note last night. Stephanie Jones is the pastor, along with Scott, her husband, uh, of the South Carolina Church, uh, New Day, uh, South Carolina, and they were uh, associate pastors under me for about seven years before they were sent down there, and their church is about our church's size, and they have a couple other churches that they're working to plant as well. But she's very prophetic, actually known in our whole network as being having a prophetic voice. At the end of a different meeting, she said, I got a word for the leaders of all three of your churches. The leadership of all three. Really? So I jotted this down. She said three, there's actually three words, sympathy, empathy, affection. She said, sympathy, empathy, this is a prophetic word. I just see sympathy, Empathy and affection between. So what's sympathy? Compassion. What else? How would you describe sympathy? Relate to someone else's emotions. You, what? Empathy is feeling how they feel. Sympathy is... Caring about how they feel. Caring how they feel. Oh, I'm sorry you, you feel bad. Empathy is, I feel bad because you feel bad. Okay? <clears throat> All right? Sympathy is good. Empathy goes to a whole other level. 
And what's affection? Love. Fondness. Intimacy. Gentleness. We actually like each other. Turn around. Tell somebody you like them. So number one, I, when I teach pastors about how to appoint people into leadership, I'll say, listen, if you don't like them, don't appoint them into leadership. And they go, really? I'm like, you better believe it. If you don't like them, you know, maybe you got a problem you got to deal with, deal with it, and then you can like it. Or they got a problem, and they got to deal with it. They have them deal with it, and then you can like it. But liking is really important. <clears throat> so Stephanie's word was, you need to have, she was just saying, these three elements need to be, that she was like, she was speaking prophetically into it. That an increase of sympathy that we, we understand one another's feelings. And I want to build that. I want more sympathy. So you're thinking about, you know, how the leaders at the other campuses are feeling. But we also have empathy. Oh, man, I actually feel that way because they feel that way. And then we have genuine affection. Okay, and if we can get that happening among us, then we need to get it happening. And this is a big goal for 2017, is that we need to get that happening among the three congregations. And if we don't, we can't get beyond where we are. Okay? We're, we're doing this well, but I want to do it great. Okay? We, we're doing three campuses well. We could just kind of ride this for a while but I want to do it great. And the goal, good to great here is somehow getting the members, now it's first time visitors, obviously not, but once someone gets integrated in, as soon as possibly, to begin having sympathy, empathy, and affection for the members of the other churches. So they actually want to come. We're planning several combined services in 2017 for this purpose. But I'm sitting back going, why would someone want to come? How are we going to get the Vine people to come to an event with Nichols people and Vandalia people? You know, how are we get more of the Vandalia people, not just the leader, to come to a gathering with the people of Nichols? And there's a whole bunch of people at Nichols that have never been here. All right? <clears throat> and so, how is it? That we, as leaders, have sympathy, empathy, and affection, and then we learn how to communicate that and develop that amongst the congregation as well. And then she had an analogy of a tree. <clears throat> Branches go out in different directions, and so it's like each branch of the tree, maybe each different congregation, um, but it's the intertwining root system that creates stability, cohesion, and health, right? And, and so the fruitfulness, she didn't say this part, but I, I, I got it from her. The fruitfulness of the branches is 100% dependent on the health of the root system. And what she did say is that the root system, leadership is the root system. Okay? And the roots are intertwined. You ever, you, I mean, I've dug up trees. And it's like those roots go all over the place. Because uh, they're intertwined. <coughs> And, uh, and so the root system is this, the base that keeps the tree from falling over. It nourishes the tree. And leaders, you are the root system of New Day 
and the fruitfulness of each congregation is dependent upon our integration, our, uh, our, our, our being wound and dependent on one another. <clears throat> All right, a couple of quick things, and then we're going to have activity. Glory be to God. Uh, um, Mark Gevert last year did a full-on analysis. He'll be here this afternoon. He actually wrote a book just about any day. I've read it. A couple of the other leaders have read it. A couple of the recommendations is building unity, so that's why we're focusing on it and having joint services. We'll be talking a little bit more about that later today uh, and, and the plans for that. <clears throat> having an annual theme. So if you go to each one of our three campuses, you see this banner, the three journeys. And the systems book that we looked at identified spiritual life system as being the most critical to a healthy church. And so we said, let's get, let's, let's invest in, we actually, it was probably our strongest area of churches and that we teach people how to hear God's voice. We teach people how to get into the Bible. We, we highly value these things, but it, we don't have it as a healthy system. So increasing that and talking about that more. Uh, this afternoon, the next time I talk. <clears throat> but that having that as a theme was another one of his primary recommendations, so we've done those two things. A couple other things uh, that we're going to do, uh, and this is bring some Jimmy and Chloe. Uh, <coughs> we're just going to bring Jimmy and Chloe back, and then everything will be better. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, this is a long story. It's been uh, unfolding for a long time, but um, um, I'm going to real quick how much we're going to share. But one of the things we're going to offer is. Um, uh, Scott and Stephanie have been doing a Wellspring School of Ministry. It's been the most fruitful thing in their church, reproducing the culture of the church. So we do classes on hearing God's voice and uh, prophetic ministry and healing and restoration and the Father's heart. We teach on it constantly, just like they do. But their school really integrated, and I've seen it. And then last year they made it a video school, multi-site, uh, but we weren't able to do it primarily because we didn't have someone that could be task to it because it takes quite a bit of, uh, of work being there and overseeing it and managing it <clears throat> and so and then through a series of events Jimmy and Chloe have felt led to come back to Kalamazoo and plug into New Day and there's like we're available <clears throat> and um, and then I had a very I won't go into what it was but a, a very clear confirmation it wasn't audible from God, but it was audible from someone I looked to in leadership to say, yeah, go for it. And so not only are they coming back to Helm Zoo, but we're hiring you. This is a step of faith, but uh, I made the decision, and God's given us provision. And so I'm like, we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. <clears throat> so just part-time, and one of primary responsibilities is going to be the Wellspring School, it's going to be held at Vine. It's going to be available for Nichols and Vandalia people to, uh, to plug in. Uh, the details of it will be communicated uh, a lot uh, over the next month. It's going to start in the middle of March. And we're hoping that at least a couple of people from here will be able to attend because my goal is maybe next year we'd have it have 
a campus down here, okay? And so, and it's Wellspring, intentionally not called New Day School of Ministry, because it's for, in, in South Carolina, every semester they always have people from other churches uh, plug in and, you know, take the values back to their church, but also some people will come and plug in. So, uh, so they're going to be doing that. Another part of their responsibility is uh, we're uh, intending on them to get a once-a-month youth ministry up and running uh, here, okay, because it's, it's, you know, I just understand that there's limits to people's capacity, and there hasn't been someone else available. I'm like, well, they come in, you know, once a month. It's not as demanding, and it's going to be more of an event than a youth group, and I'm hoping it's going to draw people, even if their kids go to Granger, but they don't go to Granger's youth because they don't want to drive all the way back down to Indiana, you know, hey, we can have a youth event here for the community, uh, right? <clears throat> and so, but it's going to take time to do it as well as being available uh, as all staff people they are going to be uh, working for all three campuses and how that works out, we'll see. The other big thing that we're going to do this year uh, is um, the, uh, and this is, this is the first time many of you have heard this, but Mark and I have been hashing this out for six to eight months, <clears throat> and me longer is a vision of providing something real to our community to meet a real need, a felt need. And the idea of a food pantry has, you know, other friends have had churches, in fact, Mike Rogers, who was here in, in August, his church has a food pantry, and he says, it's just amazing. People come out of the woodwork. Uh, businesses call them up and donate stuff. Um, and it's really been effective. And so what, as we've been doing research and pondering, we don't really have the space Mike was able to do it in his church because he has a warehouse, and half the warehouse is just a warehouse. The other half he furnished into a church. So he runs it out of the empty section. What we're going to do is get a mobile food pantry, like a 24-foot cargo trailer, okay, and make it into a walkthrough. And on both sides of the cargo trailer, it's going to be a billboard for New Day Community Church, okay? So we'll have a, a professional paint job <clears throat> with our logo and address, and then and then we can have it here on Tuesdays from two to four, and Nichols on Thursdays from two to four, and Vine, you know, on Saturdays from whatever, <clears throat> and we can take it down to uh, downtown Vandalia and over to Cass. Want people in Cass? We were just talking. How can we get people in Cass? It's seven miles that way. Um, to, to know that we're here. Well, if you have a 24-foot by 10-foot billboard sitting there handing out free stuff, <clears throat> people are going to talk about it. You know, and so it builds awareness. It creates an opportunity for people with a serving pathway to do something and instead of just standing around and sing songs. <laughs> All right. And it meets a real need it meets a real need in our communities. And so uh, uh, we've done a lot of research and we're hoping to have that up and going and that's gonna be part of the outward journey. So we'll be teaching about it as well as giving an opportunity to implement it and engaging the community. Who knows, where, I'm like, I guess we could end up with a whole bunch of mobile pantries. You know, uh, I've always wanted to do ministry in mobile home parks. Uh, uh, people that live in mobile home parks often 
ostracized. It's like this real high need level. I knew a policeman. They said, he said, 75 to 85 percent of our calls are mobile home parks. So this is a domestic dispute. It's in a mobile home park. But they know it won't. Because there's such need. Kids, drugs. And so if we were going in there and, you know, I'm thinking, give out. Actually, it's probably going to be non-food, some food, but the biggest need we've, we've had in talking with uh, people that do food pantries uh, is that actually there's a bigger need for non-food items, like deodorant, yeah, toothbrushes, because you can't buy that stuff with food stamps, you know. And there's in Kalamazoo County, there's there's virtually no non-food pantry, you know. <clears throat> and so we'll get donations, we'll buy stuff in bulk, and so. Um, uh, that's that's a big thing that we're going to be implementing, and we as as a church need to get better at reaching uh, genuine needs in our community, uh, and we're going to provide an opportunity to do that. And of course, uh, another thing that we're doing that you are aware of is the Bless a Neighbor, Bless a Nation outreach, and that was specifically actually that little pet phrase Mark Gebert came up to came up with it because I was like I need to do an outreach down in Vandalia. I'm thinking you know there's only 200 houses in that community, we can give them each a bag of groceries. <clears throat> He's like, you need to do it out of all three campuses. You need to make it bigger. What do you mean? <clears throat> and, you know, and so the idea of let's raise money to meet a local need and some, something that you raise a big amount of money to give away. And that's when I'm, uh, I had that conversation right before I met Josh Muse, and I said, Josh, what would you do with $30,000? And he said, well, I'll go to Pastor Training Center. <clears throat> so, uh, by the way, we, we bought a building last, last two weeks ago. <laughs> Another building. In Mexico. <laughs> uh, I realized I should have said, I should have bought the building and had him rent it for me. <laughs> Too complicated. <laughs> so the money, we've raised about $10,000. We actually sent him $10,000. That was the amount down that he had to have in order to get ownership of the building. Um, and so we wired them the money. And so when Mark and I go in March with the rest of the money that we will have, Shaba, <laughs> we will be able to pay off that building so that they can then renovate it. It is a warehouse. They're going to renovate it into the main training center. Okay. But the Bless a Neighbor is, is groceries. 200, we're going to give a bag of groceries. Why don't you grab one of those bags? Uh, yeah, why don't you bring in the boxes, bring in the, that stuff real quick. Uh, we have these bags left over from our Halloween trick-or-treat party that we've done the last couple of years. And we give people the trick-or-treat bag and, uh, and information about our church. And that was, that was successful in that both years we had at Nichols somewhere between 500, 750 at least, uh, people come to our church that never would have came to our church. All right, hundreds and hundreds of people. So two years in a row, right here, bring it up here. <clears throat> two years in a row, we did that. Hundreds and hundreds of people. We give away money or give away food. But I realized the second year it really hit me. The first year I was overwhelmed at how many people. Second year I realized none of these people live anywhere near us. They were all coming from the east side of town because they heard there were free food. Am I not right? You know? And I was like, this is good, and that created opportunities for our people to serve and to get out of their comfort zone, and we, and we blessed those people. But it was one day, a lot of work, 
I mean, this year we spent over six thousand, almost seven thousand dollars. I can buy a twenty-four foot trailer for seven thousand dollars, okay, <laughs> and I can use it for years. All right. So we're going to repurpose these bags, <laughs> um, and uh, because it says I love my neighborhood, it's got New Day Community Church. It does have the home office address on here, but uh, we're going to for in Vandalia we'll have a flyer in here that has a picture of this building and an invite and information about this congregation. And we're going to give one of these to every house in the village, every resident in the village of Vandalia. Is that cool? All right, we're raising them funny. And then we're going to give 50 away at Nichols. We're going to prophetically do it as a treasure hunt, have people just be led by the Lord where, who to give it to. And in Vine, we're going to do about 30 because that's about their average attendance. And so on, on that, that weekend, we're going to have the bags all filled grab a bag, give it to somebody in Vine, all right? And so we're just gonna be going out and plugging in primary outreach for uh, Vandalia uh, and, and an outreach. <clears throat> but this then, the, the real reason we're doing this is that all three campuses are working together to accomplish something to bless our neighborhoods. And the money all goes into one, so the Nichols campus and Vandalia and Vine are all helping all of us reach our neighborhoods. That makes sense? And to reach the world. Right? So we're going, to actually, we're going to actually have a little activation on the same line, is that we need to work together, and this is the idea. We, I, want, I wanted a visual representation of this, because I don't think people can visualize 200 bags of groceries. So we're going to hang 200 bags in this room right now. That's our unity exercise. We work together. <laughs> and so what... This is what I'm thinking. <clears throat> There's about 200. So we want, we don't want about this high. I'm look up. And it's going to go along this wall. It's going to go all there. We'll skip the banner and then go down that wall in front of the windows. <clears throat> uh, and uh, I don't think we'll get 200 in there. But we'll see how many we get, and the rest we'll put in the family room. And if you want to have lunch, you have to get this done first. I got, I got nails. Sorry. No. <laughs> we don't want you to get nails. When, when do we take this down? Uh, we'll take the bags and fill them with groceries. <laughs> so somebody figure out how to, how to get a, a string using command hooks because they don't damage the paint. These are command strip hooks. So we need a, a straight line. So someone maybe grab a tape measure. <coughs> oh, there's a tape measure. And, 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 and someone uh, start making marks. And come on, leaders, lead. Yeah, the string will go between the hooks. We have a lot of hooks. I'm thinking a hook every six feet. I didn't calculate that. I'm guessing a hook every six weeks, six weeks, six feet. And then we're going to uh, we're going to use a stapler to staple the bag to the string. Mark, Mark's had another tape measure. We need a pencil to make a mark on the wall. Don't use a sharpie on the wall. If you do, you will be excommunicated from the church. <laughs> 